excited to see the sun this morning. I walked out and I'm like, oh my gosh, thank you, Jesus. I missed it. I missed that sun. Just want to pray over you this morning, church. Lord, we lay everything at your feet this morning, Jesus. We lay our troubles, our worries, our fears, our anxieties, Lord, at your feet. Lord, we thank you for the gift of peace. And I pray for peace right now to fall from heaven on every single person. A peace that surpasses all understanding, Lord. Not a peace that comes from the world, Jesus, but a peace that comes from our freedom in you, Lord. Lord, you are the Prince of Peace. When we do come into troubles, Lord, I pray that you will remind us that you are our peace. And that you will guard our hearts and our minds. Jesus, we are so grateful that you are with us every step of the way.
Amen. He who wants us to listen will be through it all. So come what may in the space between all the things I've seen and this reckoning. Cause I know I will never be alone. Press into the one who can give, bring you that peace, that Prince of Peace that Michelle was talking about. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything with praise and thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which passes understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds. This is your moment to lay things at his feet. Lay them at his feet. Thank you, Jesus. Let's press in and pray together, Lord. Thank you, Father God. We thank you, Jesus, for your church. We thank you for this place, Lord. This is none other than the gate of heaven. And we thank you, Father, that we can meet you face to face, that we can press in, we can hear your voice. We can get answers to common problems and questions that we have in our life. And we thank you, Father, that we can commune with others, Lord, of a like mind and a like heart. And we thank you, Father, for our, for our beautiful, beautiful people. Lord Jesus, we just pray a blessing upon them today, Lord. Lift your hands to heaven, church. 
Lift your hands to heaven and surrender to Him. Lay those things at His feet right now. We thank you, Father, for every, every heart that is represented here today, Lord. We thank you that you are meeting needs, Father, that you are answering prayers, Lord. Maybe it's a financial prayer. Maybe it's a family prayer or a relational prayer. Maybe it's just a thank you. Lord, you're so good. You're so good. Don't ever forget to thank him. But whatever it is that you're, you're seeking his face for right now, he's here. He wants to meet with you. We thank you, Jesus, that your breath would enter every heart here, Father. Fill every life, Lord. The blessing of heaven on every life, everything that they turn, that they put their hand to and touch, Lord. Let it be a touch from heaven, Father. We thank you, Jesus, for our church. We thank you for our leaders, Lord. Let's just pray. Let's just pray, church. Come on, let's just press in a bit more. Press in a bit more. Thank you, Lord God. Pray in a heavenly language if you can, if you know. If you've got the Holy Spirit, just go. Press in. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord God. For our beautiful church leaders, Father, we pray your blessing of heaven upon them. For Pastor Christian and Melissa, we thank you, Father, for your blessing to be outpoured upon them and their family, Jesus. Lord God, we thank you for our church members. We thank you that you will pour out a blessing upon them, Lord God. For our community, Lord Jesus, for Noosa. We thank you for Noosa, Father. We call in those who, who don't know your voice, Father, from the north and from the south and from the east and from the west. We call them into your house, Father. We call them into your church, Lord God. We thank you for those that don't know you, Lord, that they'll come to know you through somebody here, Father. Lord God, let us be obedient to your word, Jesus. And Father, we pray for our government, Lord, as we're coming into this election time, Jesus. We thank you, Father, that your will be done on earth, not as it is in heaven. Lord Jesus, we thank you, Father, for the government to rest upon appropriate shoulders, Father. And we thank you for the wisdom to know the difference, Lord, and when we come to vote as well, Jesus. And we just thank you, Father, that you would just continue to speak to us, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't we just... Lift up our voices and just praise him and clap and cheer and thank you, Lord God, that you are good. You are a good, good Father and you love us, Lord. And we just thank you and we praise you here this morning, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hello, beautiful church. The sun is shining today. Oh, my goodness. I feel like I need to take a photo because it might last longer. Seriously, it's a bit sad, but... Thank you for the rain, Lord. Thank you for the sunshine. Oh, we need it. We need it. Well, welcome, church. Welcome to the house of the Lord, which is the gate of heaven. We thank you for joining us here this morning. Well, we are going to actually hear an amazing testimony um, from none other than the legend, George Vows. Um, why don't you come up, George? George is a powerhouse in this place. He is normally behind the microphone belting out a tune, but he's actually going to share a bit of a testimony um, as we come around a time of giving. So if you, um, we do have various options of giving. You can give online. We do have buckets up the back if you wanted to give cash or there's an FPOS machine. So George, Thank bless. 
Thank you, thank you. Um, I haven't really got a testimony as such. I've just kind of got thoughts. Yeah, thoughts are always good. Although my thoughts kind of just jump. So there'll be one moment where I'll be like, you know, I'll be saying like, you know, this and this, and you'll be like, oh, it's so good. And then I'll be like, but then, you know, the other day I had a burger. It wasn't that great and got food poisoning. So I don't know. We'll see how it goes, all right? We'll see how it goes. The good news is Drew's playing. Keep that going, save me, Michelle, step in at any time, sing, you know, do your thing, just... Um, I actually wanted to talk about... Oh, gosh, I do this when I'm playing as well, so it's fine. Um, I just want to talk about, um, actually, consistency, which is uh, obviously something in tithe <laughs> That's, that does happen, um, but also kind of uh, my journey through that, too. Um, when I first came here um, uh, to C3... A long time ago now. Um, I remember I was just like, yeah, just stoked to be here. I loved it. I loved the family. I loved the people. It was just a cool vibe. And um, uh, uh, Tim Phillips spoke one time, and Drew cracks up about this whenever I talk about it because he always hears it. Tim Phillips spoke one time, and I went to Tim after, and I said, look, man, yeah, I'm loving this church, but I'm churchy, let's see. Pastor, Melissa, Pastor Christian. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, church in this. Um, and then, um, the, um, and he was like, I said, look, you know, what, what can I do kind of to bless them to, you know, be a blessing for them? And he goes, just be consistent. And it's stuck with me from day dot being here. Like, this is why I'm up on Sundays. This is why I sing on Sundays. This is why we'll, we'll say yes when something comes up because it's the best thing I can give is my time in this place. Um, and that actually... At, at, at that time, that was what I was doing. I was giving my time and I was giving my tithe. Um, and then the last couple of years uh, hit and um, financially it just became a struggle for me. It was a struggle. And I'm a single dad, um, you know, and I've, I've got to keep a roof over the head for my kids and keep them fed and their demands met. Um, they're very demanding. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. I mean, no, sorry. Um, so, so um, yeah, so I, I, uh, yeah, I, I just hit financial struggle. It was struggle street. And to a point at which I actually had to make a call, I couldn't tithe. Um, still with this idea in my head that Tim had given me, be consistent, be consistent, you know what I mean? Um, and something I had been when, when I got here was tithe and, and time. Um, couldn't tithe. I, I, it was a struggle for me. It was one of those things where if I did... I, was, I wasn't going to be able to feed these guys, and I was, and I was stressing, and there was a lot of fear around it too. But the thing I found most interesting in that time was that um, was how consistent God was with me. Even when I didn't feel it, didn't know it, He was consistent with me. Um, you know, there's that great verse, uh, Wake, O sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will shine upon you. It's a little excerpt, and I believe it comes from the Old Testament, but it was said in the New Testament and was talking about, you know, Christ actually shining upon you. Like, and if you think about C.S. Lewis as well, C.S. Lewis talked about, you know, if you're in a, imagine your faith being as if you're in, or Christianity being as if you're in a, um, like in a little wardrobe, and there's a little crack of light, and you're staring at the light, or you can stand in the light. Wow. You know? And that's kind of our life, light and dark. Yeah. We live with that. We are in the dark, and sometimes we go into the light, sometimes we stare at the dark again, and we look at it. So we're always constantly moving. It's, it's never... You know, but consistency in that space is where God is. Because if you think about that, that doesn't move. We move. So there comes a point where you will falter from consistency, but it doesn't change what God is doing for you. 
And that's what I experienced. So when I went through struggle, when I went through hardship, um, I had what I could give, which was time. Singing, playing, things like that. Um, but what I couldn't give was financial. Um, and God met that. He met that abundantly to a point in which I was able to go back to both of these consistencies in my life that I so love to do um, and, 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 and feel that that's the place of consistency that I, I, I benefit, from, benefit from the most because of um, what I know he's done. You know what I mean? So, so my consistency came back to that space. And, and that was, and then, you know, before that though, like God allowed that consistency as well. So that's a pretty cool thing. Like, if you think about it, yeah, you can be consistent in areas of your life, um, but it's the thing that, things that God allows that you see that the blessing come through it. So things that God allows that you see those things flourish and become so much more. Um, and so for me, one of the risks I took with financial hardship was actually going and working with my mom and taking on her business with her, which I had no idea about, knew nothing about. Um, and she was like, yeah, it's great. It's doing really good. It wasn't doing good. It was failing. It was failing hard. Like I got there and I was like, I need to sell this company um, and get out. And I was like, I'll take 50k. I don't care. I'm, I'm done. You know what I mean? Like I just need to make enough to figure out what I can do um, for the next three six months and find a job that's gonna, you know, facilitate like you know, keep me and my kids uh, fit. Um, but I stayed consistent in that space, and God stayed consistent with me in that space. And I started working through that business and understanding it more and understanding what the needs of that business were and what, 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 what needed to happen and relinquishing a lot of the control because I stepped into an environment and industry that I had no idea about. So I relinquished that control. Next thing you know, things start to happen. It's so brilliant because I just see a lot of it every time. Things start to happen that shift and change and these little moments start to kind of create just you know snowball effect. Get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. By the end of it, I'm, I'm like just absolutely overwhelmed with what God has done and continues to do in this business. You know, um, we had it valued recently. That's where it was worth $200,000 when I started because it was such a crappy business. It's worth 800 k now. And you know what I mean? Like that's that transition. That's the work. That's, that's what God has bestowed upon us. And we're looking at it and we're going, we can take it further. You know what I mean? Like we can take it further. And by His grace, we can. Um, Financially, stability is there. I, I don't have to think about week to week. I don't have to think about what's going to happen next week with this business because you've got other mouths to feed as well as your own and your kids. I'm like, no, I see consistency in that place. I got a message from them this morning. We just got a $30,000 um, um, funding for, for, for some of the courses we do. Out of the blue. I mean, it's funny because it's like I'm getting up talking about tithing all of a sudden you're going to like that. So, no, thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. But this is a thing. This is what what I've seen in my journey at this church and what I've seen in my journey with God is that consistency gives Him the opportunity to bless you. But when you get given, when He's consistent with you and you recognize that consistency, you're then in a position where you can recognize the consistency with what you give. And that's where it becomes a little bit different. That's where that relationship actually starts to transform with your, with our God. Because He will always be consistent regardless you know what I mean? He will always be consistent in our worlds, regardless. Does not matter. Does not matter. He is consistent. But the minute we recognize that consistency and then at the same time acknowledge that consistency, whether it's with tithe, whether it's time, whether it's whatever relationships, um, you see something different happen. My old man always says to me, being a Christian is like, a, you know, okay, for all of us, you know, those that aren't 
A plus B equals C, right? Being a Christian is like A plus B plus C equals D. Because we always are interacting with something else. Someone else. Someone great. And, and that's the thing about like acknowledging that, is that, okay, yes, I'm plodding along, working hard, trying to figure this out. But at the same time, I've got a God that's consistent. He's consistent in so many places in my life. I need to acknowledge that, and I acknowledge that. And I acknowledge that with my time, and I acknowledge that with my time. And this is the thing, this is the thing about it. Regardless of what you can and cannot do, if you find and recognize that consistency of our, our Savior, our Father, and you acknowledge that, oh man, your will, wake, your will wakes up. You wake up. You finally wake up. And that's a cool thing. You know what I mean? And it's one thing to wake up, it's another thing to sit up to, by the way. But anyway. <laughs> Um, and look at the sunset. If, if, if it, yeah, well, today we could. So, yeah. But um, look, that, that's to me. This, this is yes, it's encouragement. But yeah, it's also called action. It's, it's an opportunity for us to be consistent, fight consistency, fight things in, in this environment that we can be consistent in. To give time, um, to give tithe. Um, if you're struggling, don't put pressure on yourself. Find other ways to be consistent. It's the beauty of, 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 of the God we serve. He's not looking at monetary value and going, oh yeah man, you're going to build a mansion up in heaven because you're giving so much money. He's like, I don't care about that. Okay, you're giving time? That, that, that warms my heart as your father because I can see you care. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to pray. Um, if you do, obviously have your tithe and if you're going through that journey of, okay, what am I going to give? How am I going to give? You know, just uh, take that time, take that moment. And also, if you need to reflect on consistency and want to think about, you know, how that looks for you, take that moment too. Um, I'm just going to pray. Thank you, Father God. Lord, we thank you that you are consistent, Lord God. Lord, we thank you that you are loving. We thank you that you do not care about anything other than us. And that, that your, your relationship and connection to us is the greatest gift that you have given us. Father, I just pray as we, uh, as we go into this church service today, Lord Father, as we, as we hear from Lissy as well, Lord God, that, oh, Lord, that, that people will be blessed, that that acknowledgement of, of you will come through in their hearts and minds, Lord Father. And I just thank you that, that those that, that do give, Lord Father, time, energy, um, you know, relationshiply, relationally, um, financially, Lord Father, that you bless them, Lord Father. That is an acknowledgement, Lord Father, and that is a beautiful thing, Lord God. And we just thank you for that, for the ability to be able to acknowledge you, Lord God, because that's all this is, Lord Father. So we thank you, Lord Father. Just let me pray. Amen. 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 Multitasking. Did you like that? <laughs> Activating the muscles. <laughs> you know when you haven't used certain muscles for a while and you like move furniture or you do something and then you wake up the next day and like, oh, what's wrong with me? You're thinking, oh, that's what I just did. Or I'm getting old. Either one of those. Anyway, so good to have you in church this morning. Why don't you take your seat? Uh, thank you, George. That was a great encouraging word. I love that. If anyone knows George, everyone needs a George in their life. He's a great, great guy. You know what I absolutely love about um, pastoring and leading a church is just to see the journey of people's lives, to see the transformation, to see um, you know breakthrough happen in their world. And I just go, it's it's so worth it. It's so worth being obedient and loving and caring and encouraging and praying for people. 
because then you see the fruit in people's lives. So, you know, it doesn't matter that we've got a lot of weight today and we've had a lot of rain. And as Nick said, isn't it great to see the sunshine? And I was actually really praying this morning that as people walk into this space today, that you would just feel the sunshine of heaven upon your life. And, um, you know, it's like when it is raining and I, I can't remember the last time we actually had rain consistency for a whole week. You know, we've had like a few days here and there and heavy rain, but for like a good six days. And by the end, you're like, I feel a little bit depressed, oh. you know, and that's like what George was talking about. It's, you know, uh, there, there's dark, darkness and light, you know, there's, there's, you know, the grace, the grace guy, and then there's the sunshine. And God wants us to stay under the sunshine. He wants us to walk in that light that he has for us. Amen. So I want you through my message to feel the smile of heaven upon your life today. And I hope that this encourages you and uh, uplifts you today. And that's always my heart. I pray and I say, Lord, what do you want to say to your people today? You know, I've got multiple messages from over the years. And, you know, sometimes you're like, I could just go back to find something that I preached five years ago. But no, who knows that God is always doing a new thing. He's always wanting to say something new. So yesterday was yesterday and today is today. So I really pray that this word blesses you. Open your heart and say, God, what do you want to say to me today? Amen. Amen. And as Nick said, uh, and led so beautifully, thank you, Nick, for opening service. Let's thank Nick, the beautiful, faithful friend and team of our church, but Christians in Melbourne with our two sons. He's preaching down there uh, for one of our friends. He's done three meetings and he did their youth meeting, a leaders meeting and church today. And then just on the side, a little bit of fun. Who knows we have to have fun, don't we? So our oldest son, Noah, he's now 19. It was his 18th birthday, beginning of last year. And who knows, we had constant <coughs> lockdowns and who knows what could have happened one week after another. And uh, for his 18th birthday present, we blessed him with a, you know, a few sessions at the Urban Surf Wave Pool in Melbourne. Now, you probably think, why would you want to go to a wave pool in Melbourne when we have surf here? I don't know, I don't surf, but all the surfers understand it's a wave pool because it's a constant wave, a consistent wave. Anyway, so Christian said to Noah, he said, look, do you want to come with me? Um, I'm preaching and he says, and we'll make up for uh, that cancelled 18th birthday trip. And did he say no? No. He said, yes, Dad, I'm there. So they, you know, packed Zachy in the suitcase as well. So they're having a... Uh, a great little trip. He'll be back uh, this evening. So anyway, but this message, uh, I was actually really stirred after Mother's Day. Who was here Mother's Day last Sunday? What a great service we had. Had This place was pla packed. Uh, I know all our mums are really blessed, but this message got stirred in me uh, after our Mother's Day service. And, um, you know, if you missed last uh, Sunday, uh, mums, I'd encourage you to jump on to our Facebook page or our YouTube, C3 uh, Noosa YouTube, and watch the panel. It was full of gold, full of wisdom. I know it will help you. And who knows that we've never arrived? Who knows that we're on a journey and we're continually learning and growing? And I know it doesn't matter what age I am. I turned 45 a couple of weeks. No, it was a week and a half ago. And... Um, you know, I know that I am still learning. I have learned so much in 45 years of my life, but I am still learning. And my prayer is always, God, I want to keep being stretched. I want to grow. The person I am today, I don't want to be in 12 months' time. Yeah. And, you know, I really believe, church, that right now, 
God is doing something. He's shifting, he's shaking, and he's squeezing. And I feel like he's, he's turning some things upside down right now in the kingdom and in the church. And I really believe that the, uh, the beginning of this was actually started launching out a couple of years ago, as we all know, when we had to adapt and, and change, you know, how we did life. And I believe that there is an awakening in the church and in the body of Christ and for us as Christians and as, as believers that we need to be ready. And I feel like that, um, you know, the church, I think I've shared this before, but the church has been asleep. We, you know, it was many, many years ago when I actually walked into church. It was in the, uh, I think it went back into in the house of God. I gave my heart back to the Lord. It was in 1995. And there was a move of God. The church was alive. There was so much happening. And I, I felt like it was like this went on for probably about 10 years. God was moving. You know, churches were growing. You know, people were coming to, to Christ in droves. And then I felt like that. All of a sudden, it just happened subtly and gradually. The church fell asleep. And I really have felt stirred recently after the last couple of years that God right now is as life, I suppose, is getting back to our new normal, however that looks like. But God wants to do something new. Now, I know we always talk about this, but I really sense in my heart and my spirit that he wants to awaken his people again afresh. He wants to awaken the church. And what does that look like? Now, in Ephesians 5, it says, verse 14, it says, Awake, sleeper. Right there. He's talking, Paul is talking to the church. He's saying, you've been asleep for too long. It's time to wake up. It's time to awake. And what does that look like? And then it moves on and says, And arise from the dead, and Christ will shine as dawn upon you and give you light. Therefore, see that you walk carefully, living life with honour, with purpose and courage, shunning those who tolerate and enable evil, not as the unwise, but as wise, sensible, intelligent, discerning people, making the, way, the, making the very most of your time on earth, recognising and taking advantage of every opportunity, using it with wisdom and diligence, because the days are filled with evil. Therefore... Do not be foolish and thoughtless, but understand and firmly grasp that the will, what the will of the Lord is. You know what? I really feel like church is that scripture. It's time to put in action. We can read it and we can go, oh, that's a great scripture. Yep, good on your Ephesians. Good on your Paul. Yep, he spoke that. But no, I really feel awake sleeper. It's time to put that into action. And then we move down to verse 27. And this is where it talks about the church. This, the church speaking directly to the church and the body of Christ and what God desires for us. And it says, that, uh, so that in turn, we might present the church to himself in glorious splendor, without spot or wrinkle or, or any such thing, but that she would be holy, set apart and blameless. Amen. That is God's desire for his church. He, he, is, he desires his church. He wants to come back to a church that is glorious, that is splendorous, that is awake, that is glorifying him, that is not asleep. Amen. And so the title of my message today is How Am I Doing? 
How are you doing? Now, I know we don't, something's happened to the screens, but it doesn't matter. We don't need screens, do we? But that's the title of my message, How Am I Doing? You know, I don't want this message today to come across heavy. I want to bring a message that's going to encourage you, but challenge you, not just to tickle your ears. You know how sometimes we hear a message and we're like, oh, that was great, yeah, praise the Lord. No, I want, I really believe that we need to bring messages and my heart is to encourage you, but challenge you. And we need to chew on some meat. Who knows that? Meat is actually good for us. It's protein. It's, uh, sorry if anyone's vegan in the place. <laughs> God bless the vegans. But you know what I'm talking about. Our, what we speak, what we get challenged by needs to encourage us, but challenge us, to stretch us, to go, yep, how am I doing? Do I need to be, you know, adjusted in this area of my life? And, uh, you know, I really believe that I want to encourage you to let the Holy Spirit speak to you throughout this message and maybe highlight some areas that need to be adjusted and realigned. And I believe we need to live a life of conviction and a life of principle. And he wants you to lead a beautiful, rich, and God-breathed life, church. Amen. So let's get in to this message. And this scripture says it all. In Psalm 139, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there's, there be any grievance way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Now, when I read that scripture, this is a very humbling scripture. How often do we pray that prayer, church? God, search me. Know my heart. Take away every unclean, every bitterness, every resentment, and lead me to the way everlasting, a way and a life that you want me to live. Do we pray that prayer? How often do we actually have that conversation with the Lord? Or is it always a conversation and a prayer? God, I need this. I need that. That's going wrong. That's happening in my life. Food for thought. I really believe there are moments in our lives where God wants to adjust us. And I was thinking about going to the chiropractor. Now, God bless you if you don't like chiropractors, but just bear with my illustration. My illustration. I'm a person that needs to go to the chiropractor and I feel amazing after. But I was thinking about when you go to the chiropractor and it's only like a 15 minute visit, right? You're not there for an hour, which would be really good. You're like, oh, could you just keep going? Give me a bit of a head massage. But no, you're in and you are out. And there's no external changes are necessarily visible, right? And you're not having going in to have a surgical procedure or you're not, being, you're not given any medication. In that time, you know, you're, you're getting your muscles loosened, your pre, uh, pressure points released and your joints realigned. And also it helps create a little bit of freer movement. Who knows what I'm talking about? Yeah. And at that time, you don't necessarily feel an instant change. It usually comes maybe 24 hours later or sometimes you're so locked up, you're so tight, you need to go back for a follow-up the following week to get just a follow-up adjustment and then just something shifts. Right. I really believe the more we allow God to adjust us on a regular basis, the less we are in need of emergency surgery. The adjustments we need can just be small little steps that relieve tension now, the attitude shifts, that change of perspective, it's the confession adjustments that bring you into a place of greater peace, it might be relational adjustments that bring some relief and so on and so on. 
just little adjustments just to realign us to get us back on track just to get us back to center like George is talking about that light you know we're slightly off course but sometimes we need to go God just bring me back just readjust realign me and you know what in Ephesians uh, 5 verse 1 and here it's Paul addressing the Gentile members of the church and who they say were perhaps just new Christians at the time. And he wrote to help. De- he wrote uh, Ephesians to help develop them spiritually. And then there's testimonies of those who were already church members. But I also believe he wrote. Uh, he wrote these letters to the church, uh, to mature Christians as well, as a reminder. This is how we are to behave and aim towards living our lives to bring glory to God. And that also that we would have a more fruitful and pain-free life. Amen? So I'm going to read from verse 1 and it says, Therefore, become imitators of God. God wants us, church, to imitate Him, to reflect Him. Who knows we're not perfect, but we're moving towards perfection in Christ. But He desires us for the best of our ability to imitate Him while we have this moment on planet Earth. Amen. And it says, copy him and follow his example as well-loved children imitate their father and walk continually in love. You know, I was thinking about that with raising children, right? So your children usually reflect you. They usually model how you've raised them, right? As parents, all the parents in the room, sometimes we stuff up, sometimes we don't get it right. And you're like, oops, yep, now they're reflecting some of my bad habits. Jesus, just, you know, you sort that out. Fill in the gaps. You know what I'm talking about. Verse 2, it says, Walk continually in love, that is, value one another. Practice empathy and compassion, unselfishly seeking the best for others, just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for you. Any offering and sacrifice to God, slain for you so that it became a sweet fragrance. Verse 3, but sexual immorality, oh gosh, I actually said that, church. Oh, no, oops, I said sexual immorality. And all moral impurity, sometimes this needs to be spoken. Indeed, offence, behaviour or greed must not even be hinted at among you, as is proper among saints. For as believers, our way of life, whether in public or in private, reflects the uh, vality of our faith. Let there be no filthiness and silly talk or coarse, obscene or vulgar joking, because such things are not appropriate for believers. But instead, speak of your thankfulness to God. For be sure of this, no immoral, impure or greedy person, for that one is in effect and has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. For such a person places a high value, something on other than God. Then we go to Romans 12. Bear with me. You ready? Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true true and proper worship. Do not conform to the patterns of this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve that God's will is, his will is good, pleasing and perfect. You know, this is something, church, that we need to do every day. Put on his will, right? Embrace him every day. Fix our attention on him. Every day there's always things that have been thrown at us 
that always if we're being stretched to get our attention, to distract us, to divert us, to take our attention away that's not necessarily important. But it all can be, or at times, life can be so overwhelming, can't it? This has been thrown at us. I'm being pulled here. I've been tested by that. But if we just take a moment, church, every day and be still and stop because we can keep going, we can keep rushing, we can get distracted, we can divide our focus and our attention, but just being still and breathing in the Holy Spirit and saying, Lord, take the wheel. When was the last time you prayed that prayer and said, Lord, take the wheel? Because who knows when we drive our car, we're in control, aren't we? Right? And if we let go of the wheel, then we're going to end up off the road, unless you drive a Tesla. Amen to all people that can afford a Tesla. Wouldn't that be amazing? But who knows that if we let go of the wheel, we're off the road. But who knows that if we just stop at times and say, yeah, God, I'm just, I'm a control freak. I'm like, I just got to make it happen. And yep, you're beside me. That's awesome. But he says, let me hop in the driver's seat. Let me take the wheel. Trust me. Believe in me. Be still. Amen? You know, let go and let God. Let go and let God. Why do we find this so hard, church? We do, don't we? Because we like to be in control. We like to make things happen. And there's nothing wrong with being a make-it-happen person. But he wants you to let go and let him be free today to do so. And last week uh, in our beautiful panel with our mums, I read this scripture out in 1 Corinthians 6, 19. It says, Don't you realise that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? And, do not, and you do not belong to yourself, for God brought you with a high price, so you must honour God with your body. And you know what? I, I talked a little bit about this and, you know, I'm all for looking after this. This is our temple. God created you in your mother's womb, fearfully and wonderfully made. He's given you one life. He's given you one temple. And he wants you to honour him with this temple. Amen. Physically, spiritually, mentally. So important for our longevity. You know, it's not necessarily about what we eat and put in our body. And, you know, sometimes we get to certain ages and you're like, Yep, can't do that anymore, can't eat that anymore. I'm having a few health issues. Um, I need to maybe readjust that. You know, I'm awful looking after our immune systems. I think I shared this last week. All my girlfriends know me. I've got a vitamin for this and a vitamin for that and a herb for this and a herb for that. I'll only help you. Give me a call anytime. Um, but who knows? But it's also about what we feed our minds on. It's what we consume. It's what we read. It's what we take in. You know, I read this quote, what we consume then manifests and comes out, either clean or unclean. You know, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. God wants us to look after this. He owns us. He created us. He wants us to glorify in him and represent him well. Amen. And Colossians 3 says, each one of you is part of the body of Christ and you were chosen to live together in peace. So let the peace that comes from Christ control your thoughts and be grateful. Let the message about Christ completely fill your lives while you use 
all your wisdom to teach and instruct each other. And the message version says, instruct and direct one another using good common sense. How many times do we mm, not necessarily use good common sense? You know, you know what I'm talking about because we're swayed by our emotions or I've just got to make that happen. But right here, it's an instruction. Direct one another with good common sense. Speak wisdom. Speak life. And if we ask ourselves certain questions regularly and the right questions, I would guarantee we will see less collisions and more progression in our lives. If we actually prayed that prayer that I opened in Psalm, God, search my heart. How am I doing? If we ask those questions, I guarantee if we were still, if we let go and let God, if we let him take that will, I guarantee we would have less collisions in our life and more progression. Amen. And I also wonder how much we would actually grow. We would not stay stuck. We would not fall over and be so wounded and collect so much baggage and rubbish, but we would be freer and lighter to live the life that God created and called you and I to live. Amen. You know, sometimes if we even asked our kids, how am I parenting? I was thinking about this question and I was like, oh, asking your teenagers, how am I parenting? Because I know right now they would literally be brutally honest with me. How am I really parenting? I know back in our generation, if my mum asked me that, I would say, awesome, amazing. Where now, this generation, with all due respect, they'd be like, well, I'll give you the list. You need to work on this, this and this. But you know what? Sometimes it's actually good to ask your kids, how am I parenting? And I have done that. And as much as it hurts, I'm like, yeah, you're right. I need to adjust that. Food for thought. Friends, friendships. Asking your friends, how am I doing as a friend? Well, you never text me, you never call me. I'm always the one that initiates the coffee. So uh, I thought we were best mates. Like, come on. No, but being a good friend. You know what? Not being a needy friend. Not, you know, like it's, it takes two. Food for thought. Spouse, for all those married couples, asking how am I doing as a wife or as a husband? We touched on this last week. Sometimes, sometimes, Christian and I do this. And it's a bit of a pride battle, okay? Maybe, you know, for one of us more than the other, I won't tell you, you know, it could be me, it could be Christian. That's not what it's all about. <laughs> but it's sometimes it's actually good to say, how am I doing? Don't come with a list. But this is something I always say to my husband. I say, I'm not here to criticise you, but I'm here because I want you to become the best version of you. I'm your biggest cheerleader. I believe in you. So don't take offence at what I'm saying. I love you. Because who knows, we've got blind spots. There's sometimes there's things that we don't see and those are our spouse or our, you know, our parents or our good friends or our church family, our connect leaders, our pastors. Sometimes they see things that we don't see. And so sometimes we need to let down our guard and know that they're speaking that in love because they believe in us. They want the best for us. You know, even asking your employer, how am I doing in my job? I remember when I was uh, 21, it was one of my first jobs and I was teaching and um, 
And for those who don't know, I have a bit of a creative background and um, I was a creative arts teacher back in our Bible college in Sydney. You've got a very, uh, very large Bible college back in the day. And uh, this was one of my first jobs. I think it was my first or second year of teaching. You know, who knows when you're 21, you think you know it all. I didn't sort of carry on like that, but you do. I've arrived. Yep, you know, I'm 21. But I'll never forget this particular day and I got a phone call. And this was from my boss, my oversight, who I know she loved me. She believed in me. But she said, Melissa, as hard as this is, I just know I need to have this conversation because I've had a little bit of feedback from the students and I want to help you become the best teacher and instructor you can be. Now, you know, that encouraged me, her saying that, but then the conversation unfolded and what she said, it hurt church. Like it crushed, crushed me. I hopped off the phone and I think I cried for about half an hour and I made, had to either make a decision to go to the victim and go, well, oh, you know, point the finger back or go, no, I'm going to be victorious in this moment. It was a moment of instruction to help me grow, to help me become better in my workplace, better at my skill, and I was better for it. Amen? You know, I think about just recently as a parent of teenagers and, you know, my our eldest son is now 19. He's merging into those young adult years. And... It's been a big change for me. I've learnt so much in the last you know, year, two years of having to now let go and parent my son very differently. He doesn't need me like he used to need me. And all the mums who have older kids understand what I'm talking about. And this has been a struggle. And so we've found ourselves having moments and headbutting where we never used to have that. And I felt the Holy Spirit say, Melissa, you need to pull back. You need to shut your mouth. <laughs> you need to maybe make an adjustment there because I'm like, oh, it's him, it's him. And, oh, he needs to, you know, respect his mum and all of that. No, Melissa, you now need to be the mum that he needs in this season. So you need to adjust the way you have a conversation or give him space. Less is more. Food for thought. Then we go to Matthew 3, 8, and it says... So produce fruit that is constant with repentance, demonstrating new behaviour that proves a change of heart and a, con a conscious decision to turn away from sin. And I like to call this scripture the best apology because it talks about repentance. And you know when we hear that word repentance, it's like, oh, repentance. You know, it's quite an old-fashioned word. But repentance... All it is, is just making a turn in the complete opposite direction and moving forward and saying, I'm sorry, I'm going to make a change. I'm going to make a change and I'm going to grow. You know, we all have, we've all been guilty of or on the receiving end of an apology that seems to have a boomerang effect. You know what I'm talking about? It's like you apologise, but then it sort of turns around and comes back on you again and then it happens again. But no sooner is sorry said than when it needs to be said again and again. And the words somehow become less genuine the more than they echo around the same issue. Just as you, te I that, just as you teach your children that they can't eternally say sorry for the same crime. Eventually the guilty party has to stop asking to be pardoned and start demonstrating changed behaviour. You know, sorry is not the only part of the remedy and change must become part of the travelling companion. Good quote. 
Where do we need to stop, stop saying sorry and start showing it? And do your actions need to be demonstrated or the apology you are making? You know, I was thinking about great leaders, parents, families. Churches grow not just because they're always right, but they have to discover the determination to make that which is wrong both a stopping point and starting point, a chance to draw a line under what's past and build a better future. So we can stay stuck as leaders, as employers, as parents, as, as a church. It's like, we've got it all together. No, I'm right, they're wrong. You know what, we're just doing it this way. Or we can go, you know what, that's the past. I made a mistake, okay? We sort it out, we repent, we make some adjustments because I want a better future. We need a better future. Humbling ourselves before the Lord. So I want to ask you this question today. So where are you right now? How are you doing? What is the condition of your heart? Is there unforgiveness? Is there bitterness? Is there resentment that's carrying, carrying and that's chewing you up? How's this? How's the temple? Is there some addictions, some habits that you just can't break and you keep going back to? Do you know the good news is that his grace is sufficient every day. His beautiful grace. He wants to lighten your load and you to be free. It's not about how you start church. It's how you finish. And the Lord wants you to finish well. Not just to get to the finish line, dragging yourself like it's there, I'm here, my bags are all on my back, I've made it, I'm exhausted. No, church, he wants to lighten your load. He wants to lift your head high and he wants to give you the equipment and what you need to run this race and finish well. Amen. Can I have the band up? You know, let's continue on this journey together, church, and make your life count. And I know that I want to hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. But not only over my life, but I know that his desire is to see his church, see his body, the body of Christ. And he wants to say, well done, good and faithful servant church. Arise and shine for your light has come. Awake, O sleeper. It's time to awake, church. It's time to let God just maybe realign a few things in your life. Why don't you stand to your feet? And I really felt as I was preparing this message and I was praying, I really want to just create some space just for a couple of minutes. But as I was praying, I really felt that some of you need to lay some things at the altar. You need to lay some things at his feet. You need to drop some luggage today. Let him empty out all that stuff that maybe you've been carrying for years. There might be some habits, some addictions, 
some things that you've always done that you know keep tripping you up. He wants to take that and lighten your load. But I also felt the word of the Lord say, it's time to take off the old clothes and put on the new clothes. The new garments that he has for you. Some of you have been walking in these old, tired, weary clothes. And he's got a garment, a new garment for you. A garment of freedom. A garment of thankfulness. A garment of praise. A garment of hope. A garment of restoration. A garment of freedom. He has that for you today. And I also see, see him healing some hearts, breaking some mindsets and setting some people free today. And let this be your prayer today, church. And let's all do this and say, I commit my life afresh to you again today. And I want to pray that prayer over us. And I want you to speak that out. And then I'm going to open the altar. And I want you just to come out, not afraid, not ashamed, but come out bold and say, God, I need some adjusting. I need some realigning. And I'm going to lay some things at your feet and put on those new garments that you have for me. Amen. So that I can finish strong. I can finish well. Amen. Why don't you lift your hands to heaven? Thank you, Lord. Father, we commit our lives afresh to you again today. God, have your way in our lives. Thank you, Lord. Why don't you repeat this after me, church? Say, dear Jesus, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I give you my spirit. I give you my body. Afresh again today. Have your way in my life. In Jesus' name. Amen.